Hello and welcome back to the Replatform podcast. Um, uh, it's myself, James, as always, and joined by my co-host, Paul. Mr. Rogers, how are you today, sir? I'm very well, despite a very uh, frustrating journey to the office. But yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I, I believe you had a nice traumatic, like nearly two-hour journey to get into your office today. Yeah, for some reason there was a lot of traffic, and I don't know why, but uh, yeah, very annoying. Yeah, I mean, it must be all those um, hunting parties that are allowed to go out in mass now under the new COVID restrictions. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, so it's another day, another um, fun episode ahead of us, and um, we've got um somebody uh, on today who you know very well because you used to work with him at gpmd yep. the agency he runs um uh, mark mark slocal how are you sir hi james i'm very well hi paul thanks hi. for having me on uh, thanks for joining us um i i won't i won't do a long uh, laboring uh, introduction uh, uh, to you i think it's best if why don't you give people a flavor for for who you are what you do and what what gpmd is basically I'll keep it very short, so I don't want to bore people too much. Um, I, uh, I'm Mark, uh, I've been building e-commerce websites for 20 years, uh, and I run an agency called GPMD, um, and that's what we specialize in, design and build of e-commerce websites. Um, cool, so I've known Mark um, for quite a few years as well. I knew Mark and Paul when they were working together. So um, I've seen like Mark evolve the agency strategy to work with different platforms, and this is the reason why we invited Mark on to have a chat today because we've talked a lot about individual platforms and talked to the technology vendors. What we thought would be really interesting is to talk to an agency that has expertise in implementing across different platforms because then you get a like, much richer picture about the nuances of platform selection and the pros and cons of different technologies. So the aim of today is to drain Mark's uh, vast knowledge about you know, what platforms suit different businesses, how do you go about understanding the differences, etc. So um, Paul, do you want to kick off with some, uh, some nice questions, Mark? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So a um, bit of an open one to start off with. So you, uh, so GPMD work with a number of different platforms. Um, what are some of the key factors that you consider when you're recommending each of them to different merchants? This is, uh, this is the key question, isn't it? It's um, for, for us or for me, uh, the, the, the thing that we start off doing is trying to understand what that merchant's trying to do. Um, you know, what are the key objectives for them as a business? What's important for them um, across everything? So looking at functionality that they require, uh, looking at budgets, looking at um, you know, what their team looks like, all of these questions are going to play, uh, you know, have a factor in which, which, plat which platform is right for them. Um, and there are pros and cons to every platform. Uh, some of them have, you know, key uh, functionality that they're really strong in. Uh, and if that matches with what the, what the merchant uh, wants, then that's going to be a big plus in terms of that platform selection. Um, quite often when you do, you know, what, normally what we do, um, and I think we've, we've both, we've, I've done this with both of you, is, is look at the requirements uh, and then score each, you know, each of the platforms that we're considering against against the key bits of functionality. Um, and I try and I try not to um, have a like a four hundred, you know, a four hundred strong list of requirements. Is to to boil it down to the key sort of twenty thirty that are really important, and then score each platform against that. And normally you end up with a you know a platform winning. Um, rarely by a large amount but sometimes you know usually it's you know it's slightly with one slightly wins over the other um, and sometimes it is a big win uh, depending on what the functionality is 
And then I'd also look at the cost side of it and, and break it down from a cost, um, you know, try and do a sort of total cost of ownership and see where we end up and, and present that as a, you know, as, as a factual exercise to the merchant and make a decision as to which platform is the right way for them to go. That makes sense. And uh, just quickly, just for um, the listeners' benefits, which platforms are you currently working with? We work with Magento. We work with Shopware. We work with Big Commerce. Um, we are looking, we've done our training and, and started the process of uh, supporting commerce tools. Uh, and we're also uh, doing Shopify as well um, at the moment. So five platforms. And, um, and on Shopware, so recently, uh, just from kind of following Twitter and speaking to a few people in the Magento community, um, a lot of people with a Magento background are starting to look at Shopware um, and are starting to kind of work with Shopware and, um, yeah, kind of um, you look at that platform, I guess, as an alternative. Um, how have you found it with a team of kind of PHP developers um, moving over to Shopware and supporting Shopware? Have you found it a relatively easy transition or yeah, how have you found it? Pretty straightforward. I mean, they're very similar technology stacks. So uh, moving to Shopware, having had lots of experience in Magento was, it was, was quite, um, quite an easy decision from a development point of view. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not surprised that, that, you know, there's a lot of, um, a lot of Magento uh, people who are, who are very, um, uh, well known in the Magento community have started move, uh, started looking at shopware and, and, and looking, doing a lot more with shopware. Um, it's quite a, you know, it's quite an easy transition to make. Uh, the team, have, you know, have enjoyed it. Uh, they like, you know, developers like, uh, or I think they do anyway, whenever we take on a new platform, it's never, uh, it's always a joint decision. We get the team together. We, you know, we make a decision as to whether we want to take it on or not as a team. Uh, and everyone's always keen to, to, to try new things. And, and, you know, developers generally are naturally quite curious, like solving problems and they like new challenges. So uh, they've, you know, they've pretty much, they've enjoyed that transition from, you know, picking up Shopware, but also the other platforms we do as well. Um, out of interest, before I get into like platform specific questions, coming yeah. back to the, the, the initial thing about you work across multiple platforms and, and, and that you obviously weigh up the pros and cons of each to the unique client's needs. How often do you find yourself in a position where you just know instinctively based on that client's size or complexity of project and what they want, which platform is going to align? Do you, do you find yourself ever saying, look, do you know what, that's a Magento project because of X or you should be on Shopware because of Y? Do you ever cut through the chase and get to that point? Yes, it's the short answer to that. Uh, yeah, because sometimes you you, you, do, you know you have a feel, right? You know, you know the business, you, you have a, a conversation with the... The, the the team that are running it and and you you know there's a clear you know clear case for it um and and that that happens quite often more often what happened was you'd find uh say fashion companies quite regularly working on magento and, and struggling with with the you know the maintenance requirements and the support and that side of it and and clearly uh, there would have been a better fit with shopify or with big commerce or something like that so you know quite often you go in and you have that conversation you say look it's you know it, i would say you should move to whatever platform for these reasons um and it, yeah that i would say you know quite often that is clear um but not always uh but yeah sometimes you walk in and you know straight away what you think is the right platform but sometimes they surprise you and say no i want to do this and and that you know that's fine as well 
Is that, I think the main, the main point I would make to anyone struggling with a platform decision <clears throat> is all of the platforms are, you know, they're all proven, you know, platforms that can drive business and revenue online. So, you know, as long as you understand the pros and cons of the particular platform you're, you've chosen to work with and, you know, how to get the best out of it, you, you're, you know, you're not going to impact your business by choosing one over the other. The, the ways you will impact your business is if you, if you choose one but not fully understand what that means and what that requires to get the best out of it, that's where you're going to have a problem. Yeah, yeah, makes perfect sense. And I know that you talked about the platforms and you said big commerce and big commerce is relatively new um, in terms of your, you taking it on from a solution point of view. Yeah. What, two questions on this actually. What made you decide that big commerce was viable and you should be looking at it? Because it, you know, a couple of years back, it was it was less known or less used in the UK market space and compared with like some Gento Shopify's and it's accelerated rapidly. But also... How have you found it in comparison in terms of technical complexity to get up and running um, on big commerce versus some of the other platforms? Um, so the first point was why, you know, why did we go, why did we choose yeah. to work with big commerce? We, I particularly liked their, you know, they had this um, open API approach so that their idea is that they want to have the whole platform completely open via API uh, which means that you can, you know, you can extend it. You can build headless or, you know, uh, uh, add things to it. Um, and I really liked that approach. You know, it kind of open source was the big move in, you know, in sort of 2008 and, you know, that kind of time. And and now talking about, okay, let's move to SaaS, but have an open open approach to it. I liked that. Um, I think that's a really good approach. Um, and also they had, what they were aiming to do was provide, you know, you know, provide a, a really solid set of functionality in every area, but not not try and overdo it in each area. So that, you know, to, they will provide a good set of functionality that will get most merchants going in, say, promotions. But if you have a particular requirement where you've got really complex requirements around something, then there will be a specialist, and they you know they don't want to they want to work with that specialist to extend the platform and provide that uh, more you know more in depth functionality that that some people mean and I think that is that is a very good approach you know focusing on getting a really solid core and then allowing the community around you to extend the platform and provide you know more um, more in-depth uh, solutions where you know for particular use cases and in terms of no platform is perfect so I, I you know the other what I've answered from, from talking to you and other people is that the big the big commerce API extensibility is a big bonus right because you can basically you have more access and you can extend the platform easier. Yeah, but there's always there's always pros and cons to every platform. Nothing's perfect. So, what have you found more challenging in big commerce and say compared to implementing Magento or uh, uh, Shopify? Well, the, the move. So, you know, we the order in which we took things on was we were Magento, then we went Shopware, then we did big commerce. So, the the switch from uh, Magento and Shopware, which are you know on-premise solutions where you have complete control over the whole code code base and you host it on a platform somewhere that you control, you're moving to big commerce. You don't have access to any of that underlying uh, code base. You just have the API. So if you want to extend something, you have to write a you know a service or something that sits outside of big commerce to do whatever it is that you want to do, and that's that's just a different approach to development. And I think. 
I certainly, you know, as my role is generally to, to, to kind of architect solutions and to, to work out how we're going to solve the problems that, that we're facing. That was quite a change in terms of how we approach solving a particular problem. Uh, and then having to, you know, to think about how that, you know, how that differs with big commerce and how we're going to you know, build admin interfaces and things to things. So we can't extend the admin in big commerce, for example. So we have to build, you know, we can add a link to it and it's just an iframe, but it's not the same as you can in Magento. We can add fields or you could add sections into configuration and you, know, you can basically make it do what you want to do. You can't do that with big commerce. So it's a different way of looking at it. And I definitely found that not not i wouldn't say a challenge but it's just different and and it took a bit of getting used to so yeah so mark you've um you've worked with shopware for a few good few years now um and shopware 6 came out last year um, which was a, a big re-architecture for them. And it wasn't just a question of, you know, upgrade from five to six. It was, you know, it was, it was fundamentally a, a rebuild. And at the time I last looked at it, a lot of people were still on five and hadn't made the move to six because six wasn't yet mature enough and you know, the full um, feature set hadn't yet been released. Where, where, where are you finding Shopware sixes? Are you building on Shopware six now versus five? Is that the, the default thing? Or do you look at which version of Shopware is best suited to each client? Uh, we're only building new things on six now, uh, so new projects would would all be six. We wouldn't we wouldn't go on five uh, for new projects. Um, I, yeah, we th we 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 really like uh, six. It's very nice architecture technically. The, the developers all like it, um, so it's it's you know it's been fun working with it. It's it's still evolving. You know, we're eighteen months um, in eighteen months in, I think, from launch. So and there are still things that need to be built out on it. Um, but it's pretty good. In terms of thinking about our current clients who are on Shopware 5, you know, we're having a conversation with that. We're showing them 6, but we're, you know, there's, a long, you know, there's a long roadmap for 5 as well. So there'll come a natural point at which time it will make sense to, to move to 6, um, but there's no hurry to do that. Um, I know you're working on a build at the moment for a pretty cool project on Shopware 6. Why did you choose Shopware 6 for that out of interest? Uh, it's a good question. There were two reasons, um, two reasons I chose it mainly. Um, the one was the CMS functionality was, was pretty, is pretty good in six and it kind of fit what, what we wanted for, for this particular client. Um, it gave them a lot of flexibility and that's, that's what we were trying to achieve. And also, uh, we were comparing it to SaaS solutions and, the multi-site capability in six was was really what we needed to, and I was trying to make it work with with other solutions, but it, it just wasn't a great fit, and there was going to be quite a lot of custom work to do. And so, you know, that's going back to your original question about you know which platform to choose. If if we're looking at it saying, well, we've got to do a lot of custom work here, then we're, we're probably going to try and look at whether there's a platform where it wouldn't require so much custom work because custom work is a more cost upfront in, in development, either cost or time and be ongoing, you know, it's an ongoing requirement to, to maintain whatever you've built. That makes sense. Um, so we, when we do these podcasts, we talk a lot or we've ended up talking a lot 
to different vendors about kind of their technology partner ecosystem and the various benefits of that. Um, how have you found that with platforms? So maybe big commerce being a bit newer to the UK and a bit smaller than like Magento and Shopify and, um, and then also Shopware, which is definitely newer to the UK. Um, how have you found that whole piece? Have you found that you've needed to kind of build out a lot more custom integrations um, or have you found that that's kind of, um, you know, really improved as these platforms have come into the market? I'd say you do have to build out integrations most of, you know, with, with, with a lot of them, um, you know, Magento, pretty much everybody's got a Magento solution or an integration, although that is changing with, you know, with headless, you know, that, that doesn't necessarily solve this, the problem. Um, but then with, you know, with, with all of the platforms that we've worked with, we have found that there are, uh, you know, there are gaps in terms of, um, you know, something's popular over here, say Ametria is a good example, you know, that's popular in the UK, not so popular in, in Germany with Shopware. So uh, there needs to be an integration with, with Ametria uh, for our UK clients. And, and, and there are gaps, definitely. Um, we have found the same with big commerce, um, but all of those, all of that, you know, um, each platform is working very hard to understand which, you know, which um, services are popular in, in each, each, each country and to make sure that they, you know, provide those, you know, they build out those uh, integrations and, and build up those partnerships. Um, but it's different in every country, you know, so it, it, that's quite a challenge as a platform to, to support all of, the, all of that ecosystem. One of the uh, the key topics that, that we want to cover today, um, like PWA is you know, e-commerce loves acronyms. Progressive web apps have been around for a while. There's there's a real it kind of seems to pull out a marmite response from the developer world of people who who think PWA is the way forward and everything should be built PWAs. Others not believing that it's the the uh, like the the elixir that it promises to be. And I know that you've been going down this route and you've been building out your own PWA approach. So we'd love to hear about why you've gone down this route, like what impact it's had in your team and what impact is it having in terms of building um, sites? Uh, it's a good question. And I, I, I guess start off by saying, I wouldn't say, you know, anything is an elixir or, you know, the, the kind of magic bullet, there is no magic bullet. Um, I, yeah, for me, the PWA question um, came up, actually it was, um, Ben at Sanasi, who asked me, you know, what, uh, in 2018, I think this was, what's your PWA strategy? And at the time, I didn't have one. Um, so that got me thinking, if I, if I think back about how uh, front-end development or website application has evolved over the time I've been doing it, you know, when I first started building websites, we, we were using tables to, to build websites and, lay, you know, control the layout. Uh, in the you know the beginning of the 2000s, that there was this big move to switch to uh, using div and CSS to control your layout, and that you know that was quite a big move and quite a big upheaval in, in the way we built websites. And then in you know in 2010 or around that sort of time, uh, we had responsive design come in as you know as a, as a trend, uh, and we we started building our first site. We built our first site in January 2012. That was, responsive which was pretty early it wasn't the earliest but it was quite early and so for me this natural progression of how you build websites or um, web applications i think a progressive web app is is just that you know that's the next stage and and i think that we will find more and more sites will use this approach um because 
it's just a smart way of building sites in my in my humble opinion that that you know it is behaving a site you know building a site so it behaves more like a, an app, a, a mobile application just makes a lot of sense to me that you know we most of our clients are finding that between 60 and 80 percent of their traffic is coming from mobile so thinking about how your website and how your your customer experience is on a mobile is the number one thing you should be thinking about and and if that's the case then you should then be thinking about well if i can have a solution that works as a website but also gives me some of that um, app-like functionality then that seems like a very obvious way to go uh, you know it allows you to um, you know, have a nice really nice uh, customer experience you can uh, not always but sometimes you know it's not a given but a lot of the time you can make it a lot faster um, and uh, you can just provide a much better uh, experience for a customer firstly on a mobile but also on a desktop so it for me it wasn't really a hard decision it was just well you know looking at this um, this looks like the way we think it's going to go and then we we work with a, a framework called view storefront and so for us as a business, we looked at View Storefront and the idea around View Storefront is that it's headless, but it, it, you, you can connect to any, you know, any e-commerce platform behind it. So uh, it connects to Magento, it connects to Shopware, it connects to Big Commerce, it connects to Shopify um, and commerce tools as well. So it kind of made a lot of sense for us as a business to say, well, you know, actually I can really um, drive the efficiency of our delivery of projects by having one front-end technology that we're using across all the platforms we support and we can then deliver a better solution faster because we can you know we can reuse a lot of, of stuff that as a business made made absolute perfect sense and that was probably the defining factor for me is saying well you know there, there are two very strong reasons why we should get behind it and we made the decision uh, in November, December last year that you know everything we were going to do moving forward was going to be PWA. And in terms of when you were evaluating it um, before starting to actually put it into client projects, what sort of performance gains did you see, and and how did you measure what impact it was having? Because one of the key things that 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 I've seen is basically about speed and performance, not just, I think a lot of people think it's all about the offline mode capabilities, but actually about the ability to speed up the core performance uh, within yeah. the PWA. Is it, did you find that within your initial evaluation? Yeah. I mean, we, you know, initial evaluation is always, you know, it's always quite difficult because you're just, it's just conceptual really. You're not trying to solve a real world problem. You're just trying to look at it and you know, it all pointed in the right direction. I mean, I'm, I'm totally with you. I don't think, I think the offline mode is nice, but I don't think that's a killer, you know, that's a killer thing. I think it's a, it's a good, um, it's a good plus point, particularly if people are commuting on tubes, which maybe they won't be doing so much of now, but um, you know, I, I think that's a nice plus point, but the, the architecture of how you, you can build a PWA and um, it's important to note that the performance is, there's so many factors to it. Um, so, having a fast website is not given with PWA. You've got to work very hard at it. Um, for uh, you know, the way view storefront in particular is architected, it's, you know, essentially it's working off Elasticsearch, which is a, you know, a very fast data store essentially. So it, you know, you put all of your products and content into Elasticsearch and then the PWA front end uses that to serve that content back to, to customers. And, that is just super fast. You know, Elasticsearch was built as a super fast uh, 
um, search engine that allows you to store data in, in a very flexible way. So the actual retrieval of that information is you know, very, very quick and totally independent of the underlying platform that you're working with. Um, so you can make it very fast. Now, the things that are going to then slow it down again are, well, how many, you know, how many tracking tags and what, how much JavaScript bloat are you going to put on your front end? That's what will then slow it down again. So uh, what we found was that we tested it. It was really quick. I mean, literally instant in terms of how it works. Um, because one of the things is, you know, it's using an application shell. So essentially it's turning a website from loading pages every time with every request is turning that from actually it's just going to load the content that it needs to and it, you know, the header and footer stay there a bit more like an application than a website used to be. And so it's really quick. Uh, so the potential there is to make it pretty much instant in terms of that. Now, how much impact that's going to have on conversion, you know, every research that's proper research be done shows that, you know, the faster you make a site, the more you sell. Uh, and so we won't know until we launch our first site and we can compare, you know, the old site versus the PWA version. We will, we won't know for sure how, how much impact it's going to have. I'm certain it will have some, but uh, it could be, you know, it could be fundamental or it could be, you know, just a, a slightly small incremental gain. We'll see. Makes but sense. we will, we will be, we will be monitoring it and we will, uh, we will make a case study of our results. So, right. Um, so using a bit of inside info that I got from you uh, a couple of weeks ago when we went for dinner, um, you're currently working on four PWA projects. Um, are these all on Magento and using Vue Storefront? Um, and have there been any examples of kind of bits that you've had to build out yourself um, where kind of Vue Storefront doesn't quite have that functionality available yet? Uh, so we're doing three Magento and one Shopware <clears throat> at the moment. Um, there, yeah, the, the answer is the thing, the thing with, um, with headless is that a lot, a lot of, um, a lot of say modules in Magento or modules in Shopware, you know, there would be a front end component of it. So a good example, I guess might be uh, Google tag manager and the data layer that's required for that. Um, yeah, there's a module for Magento, you just plug it in, turn it on, configure it, away you go. Um, that's not going to work with a headless approach of, of, of view storefront because the front end's totally decoupled from Magento. So you've got to build essentially the front end side of it. Um, and that's where we've had to do you know, quite a lot. And that, that's really what's slow, slowing us down in the initial stages of doing PWA, that the approach is going to be a lot faster um, in the long run. So I think come, come the next you know, few months, we'll be able to do a, a full front end build in about five weeks, uh, which would be pretty quick, uh, complete custom front end build. Um, but we're not there yet because we have to plug in things like, uh, like all of the infrastructure that you might need. So on one project, we, we uh, were using Nosto. There wasn't really a view storefront module for Nosto. So we had to build uh, a front end integration for Nosto. Uh, same with uh, Clayvu. Uh, same with um, Ometria is coming up, uh, Clerk as well. So, and then we we had to do the checkout. So there was no one step checkout. We needed that. So there's quite a lot we've had to build um, to you know to be able to deliver these projects. But it's been fun, and the team um, the team really enjoy it. You know, they like they they've enjoyed it. 
uh, also the, the feedback I've had, maybe not everyone has enjoyed it, it's very technically challenging. Um, but you know, a lot of them have liked the new challenge. They've liked using uh, Vue.js as something um, a lot of them have wanted to use. So that they've enjoyed that um, process of, of building something new. But it is it does take a long time when you have to build a whole front-end integration for something from scratch. That makes sense. Um, so you mentioned um, the kind of time or like the um, potential time savings of working with someone like Vue, Vue Storefront. And I've heard a lot of other people talk about basically saying exactly the same, like it's a lot easier to build a front end in Vue Storefront than it would be with Magento's kind of front end templating and everything else. Um, do you think this will have an impact on the cost of your projects? And do you think you'll be able to kind of pass a saving on to clients? Like eventually, will there be like a bit of an economy or will there be economies of scale for kind of you building out that stack and then um, being able to build projects faster? Good question. Uh, the answer is I'm not, I'm not sure there will be that much of a cost saving to pass on to clients. We'll see. But the, the way we, we are approaching it, and I can only speak for us, is that <clears throat> the way we're speeding it up is, is, is partly a little bit about uh, a view storefront, but more about the, pro the way we're approaching it and the process we've developed to do that. So we're, we're putting, you know, we, we are, instead of putting a couple of developers on a site on a project to build out the whole project, the way we approach it is we have more developers, each one focused on a specific area. And the way, the, the reason, the thinking behind that is that if someone is only doing cart and checkout for the next three months and they're doing four projects doing just the cart and the checkout, they're really quick and they, they know cart and checkout very well and inside out. So that's really what's driven uh, the speed increase. But that means we're putting you know five or six developers on any one project at the same time which is how we can do it faster so actually the amount of time we're spending is quite similar it's similar we can just do it quicker because of the way we're approaching it um, the other point to make is that in agency world projects are the riskiest part of an agency so you typically or we typically put have to put in a lot more time to get our projects over the line than we do with, you know, when you break things down on an ongoing basis into smaller chunks, it's much easier to estimate, there's low, less risk in it, you know, you're not going to go over on your time. Uh, with a project, there's usually a lot more risk involved. And so we're lucky if we break even on our projects. Um, we try and be profitable on them. But, you know, our focus is, you know, get the project done, you know, make sure that we deliver what we said we were going to deliver and do it as, as quickly as we can. Um, and if we go over on time, then we usually suck up that time. So that makes the projects uh, less profitable for us than, than our normal ongoing work. So whether there's actually gonna be any cost saving from our perspective, I don't know. We might just end up in a position where we're, we're making a marginal profit in our projects rather than breaking even or making a marginal loss on them. Are you um are you planning to like effectively productize this and therefore that is your solution for all future projects, building out on like view storefront, um, delivering everything as PWAs, or is this just simply one technical package that you can deliver to customers to enable them on a platform? We are aiming to do everything PWA and to productize it because the the reason reason for that is that it um we can, you know, you, you produce, you, you will deliver a better quality product if you productize it. Um, and so 
what we want to try and do is reuse stuff more and more and more and make sure that it's rock solid, make sure that it, you know, we thought through all the different edge cases and, you know, we've done that and we then just reuse that learning. That's what we're trying to do. Um, so we, whilst we wouldn't say no to doing it any other way, that's what we're focused on. And, and, and I think we'll find that the, the, the move in terms of benefits from uh, an SEO and speed and, you know, and customer experience that, I think it will pay dividends to say to people, you know, that's the way the market, we think the market's moving. You will need to be PWA. Otherwise you're going to be at a disadvantage. Um, that, yeah, that's where we think it's going. So whether that works or not, uh, in terms of whether that actually plays out or not, we'll see. Um, but uh, the other point to make is that uh, it's, it's a moving target. So yes, we're aiming to productize it, but things will move, things will change and we'll need to adapt to that. And that's just the nature of things. So we may get, you know, if we're lucky, we might get a, a, year, a year or so of, of being able to deliver projects really efficiently before something fundamental changes and we'll need to do a whole load of work to rework it. Yes, I, I think it really makes sense of the productization and also can it be, it can become like a, a unique selling point when you're pitching against other agencies who might not have that kind of completed package of being able to deliver it consistently in that same way for some clients that is a real advantage when they're evaluating people. So in, interesting to hear that's like the key strategic decision. And in, in light of that, given the fact that doing this on different platforms has different challenges, is it likely to change your viewpoint on which platforms you work with and focus on? Is it likely to make you bring on other platforms as a result or you just don't know yet? Always, always wanted to be, um, platform agnostic number one so we're always looking at uh, you know what what's out there um i think the is it going to change the platforms we work on not really because we chose view storefront because it fits quite well with the platforms we work on so uh we're not planning to change that but there may be new platforms coming up uh that you know we 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 want to look at um and um you know we there are some there are lots of new platforms out there it's an ever-changing landscape as you guys know you've had a lot a lot on your podcast so um it's it's a real challenge to decide well what platforms are you going to support and where do you think it's going to go and it, it's it's two factors for us it's you know it does it make sense for us as an agency you know it is the business opportunity there um and is the platform behind us and are they look you know are they really looking to to the uk and do they want a, you know do they want us as a partner versus are we chasing them to try and be partners you know if if we're chasing then we're probably going to be less keen on it whereas if they're really pushing in the uk and they want us as a partner that's gonna that's gonna make it make our chances of success on that platform a lot greater yeah that makes sense so basically what you're doing is you're now soliciting people to come and tap you up that's what you're saying <laughs> no, I'm just being yeah. a consultant. I'm today. saying it has to. I think that's one factor. That's what I'm saying. That's a plus point. I was um, reading between yeah. the lines, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool, excellent. Thanks. No, yeah, that, that does make perfect sense as an approach. Uh, um, cool. That's that's covered off the key questions I wanted to get from today's session. Paul, is there anything else that, that you think we missed? I can't, I, no, I don't think so. I think, that, yeah, a couple of other things I was going to touch on, but I think overall, like, yeah, it's really interesting hearing your perspective. And also from, you know, going to dinner with you a couple of weeks ago, I think you've got like a, almost like a newfound enthusiasm to these projects, which I think um, 
yeah, it's really cool. And it sounds like your team are really enjoying working on these kind of uh, PWA builds. So yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, it's great. And I think this was a really good episode, really insightful, particularly for people looking at different approaches at the moment. So yeah, really good. I think, you know, it, it's interesting that a change is as good as a holiday. I think that, you know, you kind of, we are in this business because we like change. We like challenging ourselves and we like a new, new challenge. And that's exactly what this is. Um, and it, you know, it's interesting on that platform discussion because one thing that I, you know, I think is important to say is that, that no platform really, that I think, has nailed it completely. Um, and and I'm always, you know, the, of the platforms we work work with, I always I think that the content management side of things is generally quite weak, and it always surprises me that that's the case. Uh, Shopware Six have made great strides in that that area but you know the, the content management side is is always a problem and i think that's one of the areas that i'm interested to see where where platforms take it and can they you know, can they really solve that problem properly with, um with your kind of i guess as you go more down the headless route do you have any plans to build in a headless cms into your kind of front end stack yeah i, I think we we likely to do that we haven't done it yet because it you know it's introducing another system into the already crowded stack of systems that we're using um but i think we're likely to do that I, my preference would definitely be though that the platform solve that problem themselves uh, and we'd love to see we'd love to see uh someone solve it well and, and generally what i what i think and this is you know my humble opinion on it but I think I think generally it's either too simplistic and you know it's just not not man enough for the job, or it goes too far the other way and that it's too complicated to use, too many options, and, and there's a right balance in the middle of thinking about how people need to maintain these sites and the day-to-day -day usage of adding content and making that as easy as you can, whilst giving the developer enough flexibility to do what they want as a one-off thing, as a you know, build it in the code. Those are the two elements that, that need to be played on. And I, I don't think many people get that right yet. Yes, <laughs> um, the world is not a perfect place. Um, but I, I really appreciate you coming on, Mark. And I think for people listening, because one of, one of the challenges often, how do, I get, how do I get an objective view on what's right? Because you know, our premise on this whole podcast and in life generally is no platform is 100% perfect for any business. So it's, not, it's always interesting, I think, to, to listen to technology uh, agencies like yourself who've got the experience across different platforms and then can be agnostic. And uh, I'd suggest to anybody out there who, who would like to know a bit more is like Mark's always been incredibly open to, to sharing advice and knowledge. Um, uh, and it's well worth connecting and following up. If you've got any questions, you're considering a platform and want an objective viewpoint over which one might be better suited, then it's always good to reach out. Mark, how would you, if people do want to have a chat more about A, what you do or, or, or B, like your experience and, and uh, advice, what's the best way to reach out to you? Uh, anytime. Um, you know, email, LinkedIn. Uh, my email is mark at gpmd.co.uk. Uh, you know, I love talking shop. So if you want, if you want to get me on a very, the boring topic of e-commerce platforms, I'm very happy to, you know, to, to talk it through and, and give you um, give you my view on whatever problem you're trying to solve. Um, that's the best bit of being an agency. I think that you get the, you know, the, the real privilege of meeting so many different people, hearing, you know, hearing lots of different stories and uh, working with just a huge variety of businesses. It's, you know, it's really, 
it's a real privilege to be able to do that. Yeah, it's, it's variety is the spice of life. Um, excellent. Thanks for taking the time to come on and um, yeah, take care and hopefully catch up with you soon, sir. Thank you very much for having me.